Welcome to Women in STEM. Today I want to introduce Professor Zelda Zabinski. She's a professor at Industrial and Engineering Systems. So can you please talk about yourself a little bit? Okay, hi everyone. So a lot of people call me Professor Zelda because Zabinski can be hard to pronounce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm a professor in industrial systems engineering, and my area of research is what they call operations research, which is really math modeling okay. in engineering. Um, can you tell me a little bit about how you got into that research? Yeah, so my undergraduate degree is actually in math. So I took math and majored in math, and I took a lot of science, physics and chemistry and biology. And, mm. and then after I graduated with my bachelor's, I worked for a while. I worked as a systems analyst for a mm. couple places. I worked for National Marine Fisheries Service, okay. and I worked for Boeing Computer Service, and then I worked for Vector Research that did consulting. Oh, wow. And when I was at Vector Research, they had a lot of their employees were either PhDs or masters in industrial and operations engineering at the University mm -hmm. of Michigan. So that motivated me to go back to school and get my master's and PhD in industrial and operations engineering from the University of Michigan. So as we sit in your office right now, what exactly do you do at the University of Washington? So I teach operations research, mm -hmm. both at the undergraduate level and the graduate level. And that includes optimization, modeling, stochastic processes, mm -hmm. which is a lot of randomness, queuing theory, and I do um, research in applying these math models and, and algorithms to real-world problems. Is that what your latest research is about right now as well? Yes, okay, yes. Cool. So. so can you tell me about your background and how that led you to where you are today? As a woman in STEM, first when I did my math undergraduate degree, there were very <laughs> few women, as you can imagine, yeah. in math. Where did you at, do your degree? At the University of Puget Sound in okay. Tacoma. Okay. So I basically grew up in the Seattle area. And then, so when I, I worked locally for uh, National Marine Fisheries Service and Boeing Computer Services, but then I got married and my husband was a PhD mm. student. Um, he applied and became a PhD student at the University of Michigan. So we okay. moved to Ann Arbor. Okay. That's how I made it from the West Coast to Ann Arbor. Then um, while we were in Ann Arbor, he was pursuing his PhD. I was working and pursuing my master's and then my PhD. And then um, we were so fortunate to be able to move back to the Seattle mm -hmm. area. We're both faculty at the University of Washington. Oh, that's really cool. So, you came full circle. Yeah, it came kind full of, yeah. circle, which is great. And that, that does not happen that often yeah, I know. in <laughs> academics. And, yeah, that's really yeah. interesting. So a little bit backtracking to your math undergrad, can you tell me about your experience as being a woman in the math undergrad program where there was like a lot of, it was male dominated, I'm assuming. It was male dominated. Um, there, you know, I made some very good friends, okay. um, and one thing that was kind of interesting is um, there were so few women that the and and um, the University of Puget Sound had different off-campus houses that you could. Oh, cool. They had like a house for French, a house for German your language, oh. a house for different specialties. Nice. So, um, two women who were two years ahead of me in math decided to put together a math house so they got <laughs> they got all the five women in math that's in really math cute <laughs> to, to I love that. be together so i got to live in the math house off campus <laughs> and and so there was two women that were two years ahead of me and two women who were one year ahead of me and myself 
That's actually really interesting. I never heard of a math house before. I think that's the first and last time they <laughs> yeah, had a math house. You hear, house. like, you know, sororities <laughs> and, like, frat houses, but yeah. math house. Can you tell me about what it was like to have that kind of support system? You know, you had five girls, and you could, like, yeah. be around in the math field. How was that like for oh, you? Oh, it was great, especially because I was the youngest and, okay. you know, and taking the classes they'd already had. Um, and so, but we, and watching them as they, mm-hmm. you know, matriculated through so we we became very good friends. That's cool. And that was really helpful. Um, I find that when I ever every time I do interviews, I find that a lot of people don't have mentors like that. So can you tell me about your experience of having those kind of mentors and like how that you know kind of led you to like continue this path in the STEM field? Well, I think that really for me, the mentors were more the faculty. Mm. Uh, they were male faculty, but they um, were very encouraging to me. Wow, that's um, awesome. So they, you know, encouraged me to go on to take to graduate school. They encouraged me to do internships. They were very, very supportive. Yeah. I'm liking all this encouragement and positivity. Yeah, it's really nice. So. Um, on the other side, did you ever had to face any hardships or anything? I guess like the that? hardships I faced have been more in, um, you know, trying to balance career and family. Something oh, everyone one. does. So yeah. I have two children. And they were both born while I was on the tenure track at the University of Washington. And so um, so that was a challenge. Now, the University of Washington has a very good maternity leave or family leave policy now it's called. Mm-hmm. At that time, it was maternity leave. Okay. And so that was very helpful. But it was, I was kind of a, the first woman in the College of Engineering to actually ask for maternity leave. Oh, wow. And, but in arts and sciences, there are a lot more women okay. that, that yeah. do that. So... Um, and and UW even then has been very progressive in having policies. I think a lot now that's changed. A lot of universities have better family leave policies for um, not just you know natural birth, but adoption mm-hmm. and for men as well, and even for caring for aging parents and stuff like that. It's yeah. changed a lot in the time since. I know, like, especially even now, like, Mark Zuckerberg, he, you know, the whole paternity leave thing, I love that. That was, like, a huge step forward, like, women get maternity leave, men should get paternity leave. Right, why not? Both should help the family, you know? I don't think there should be this thing where that only women have to take care of the kids. Right, right, right. And, of course, my husband has been hugely supportive throughout our whole time together. That's really cool. So, um, a little bit more about you being a scientist and juggling your family. What does it mean to be a woman scientist to you? Well, so I think it it just means I actually don't think about that as being a woman scientist mm-hmm. is different from being a male scientist. It's just mm-hmm. scientist engineer. Yeah, I love problem solving, yeah. and that's what we do. And I love using my math skills, and and I think. A lot of times in science and engineering STEM, it it takes it out of kind of a personal realm. It puts it in more into a concrete, quantitative mm-hmm. problem solving. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter so much male, female. Yeah, like your gender shouldn't be this like kind of underlying factor in how you do your you know your research or yeah. like yeah. Your stuff like that. That's so. really interesting. So I was asking you about like where do where do you see the future of women in STEM going and in like the thought process, you know, of not having to distinguish between being a woman scientist and a male scientist. I think one of the big issues is helping women and even young girls in the early years not see 
scientists and engineering as being male-dominated. If mm -hmm. they have a lot of women in teachers and mentors in, in that they can see. One of the reasons I think what happens is math is very cumulative. So if you haven't kept up with your math through you know, <laughs> elementary school, middle school, high school, yeah. then by the time you get to college, you're not going to be prepared to jump into these STEM fields. No, really, I couldn't agree more. I haven't done math since like almost junior year of high school and I can barely remember things. It's yeah. not a good thing. <laughs> and so why did you stop taking math? Because you maybe weren't encouraged to go into math. Maybe you didn't like yeah, it yeah, for you. It was, but... it was kind of both actually. Like I didn't like it that much and I just felt that like I couldn't do it. I don't know. Like I one thought I could do it so I couldn't do it and I just well, never tried but I think I think that's part of the social stigma that yeah, happens I can agree more people say oh I, I've read a lot of research on women in, in STEM and sometimes they say like even in the elementary school some of the teachers will say if a boy can't understand it it's like oh well try harder but if a girl didn't understand it like a math question it's like oh don't worry honey you, you don't do have to know else. that you're not very good at that so don't worry about it <laughs> You know, do something yeah. else. I remember, and yeah. it's very much, and so so that social stigma comes very, very early. Yeah. And then, and then once you're not keeping pace with all of these, you know, development of the math and the science skills, even by the time you're in high school, you know, then, like, a lot of the guys are taking the AP calculus mm -hmm. and stuff like that, and the girls aren't prepared to do that no. and it's not because they're not capable they are capable but it's because they've been told they're not capable yeah. or they're because they haven't been encouraged oh don't take that hard class take an easy class yeah I remember <laughs> yeah actually you know, it's so weird because like I remember I was a junior picking my IB courses and I wanted to do standard math which is just like it's so we have like math studies, math standard, and math higher level. So these are three levels of IB math that you can take. I chose standard just because like, I didn't actually need higher level math for what I wanted to do in college. But studies is like you know the least requirement. But my teacher was like, oh, you should just do studies because you don't really need it. So that's that was poor like... advice. That's terrible advice, right? <laughs> so I actually, like, I didn't listen the first year. And then I realized halfway that I was like, honestly, like tired of it too. Yeah. So then I like dropped it myself. But I remember like, just being like, oh, you said I didn't really need it, and then that always, you know, was in the back of my head. So, do you I think that teacher it. would have said that to a, a boy in your class? I have no idea. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe I have not. no idea. I just, yeah. I'm like recalling it now, so it's really right. interesting. But that's the kind of very subtle social stigma that's that happens. No, for sure. It's hard to combat that. Yeah, I was. That's literally my next question. Like, how do you think one could combat that? Yeah. Well, part of it's you know. Things like you're doing, which is great, <laughs> making people aware of, of, of these issues. And, you know, the teachers, I know a lot of the teachers are, are aware and learning how not to, to, you know, discourage young women mm -hmm. and encourage men, but to encourage everybody, you know. Yeah, like not to differentiate at all. Not to differentiate. Yeah. And I, I don't know if we have time for this, but another thing that research shows is that um, at early ages, you know, young women, mm -hmm. girls tend to shy away from competition. This is not everybody, but they tend to shy away from competition. They want to be more collaborative. Mm. And boys, young boys, like competition. They I like know. to, you know, yeah. that's, it's, it's a stereotype. But it's often math is taught in a competitive world. Oh, my God, 100%. And so, so girls tend to shy away from that. And um, 
you know it doesn't make sense and and <laughs> why can't it be taught in a competitive in a collaborative framework of problem solving let's all solve this problem together I know, it's exactly what consultants do i mean like yeah we use, like yeah use everyone's skills and so even that subtle difference is a way that is subtly discouraging mm-hmm. young women from pursuing the math and sciences no like yeah because you wouldn't see like you know english papers being a competitive thing to like do it's, yeah, I wouldn't be, like, racing against someone to, you know, answer, like, to write this essay because, you know, we get, like, a week to do it or whatever. Right, but math right. is, like, okay, who can finish this problem first and answer for the teacher or, like, yeah. who turns in their exam first? You know, that right. person's always, like, the genius of the class. Yeah. Like, there's and so many of these, like, hidden things that you don't really see. It's all underlying. It's yeah, so kind of tough. These <laughs> are some of the things to try to, to, to be more collaborative. Mm-hmm. And I think I know in some of our courses at um, – we have a lot of teamwork. We try to oh, have nice. teamwork, um, partly because that's what people do in the world when when they get jobs. They work on teams. Yeah, you, you know? don't really ever do anything alone. Right. Yeah. And um, but also partly to to engage everyone equally. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um. So speaking of your courses, like, how do you structure your classes to match this kind of like thinking that you have? Mm-hmm. You know. So my classes, we don't do very much teamwork. (laughs) (laughs) Great. But but I do say the homeworks can be team. So the homeworks, but the exams are individual. Well, that makes sense because, like, you can't expect someone to help the other person on an exam. So in terms of, like, the stuff you do in teams and classes, what's that like? Um, So it's it's all kind of problem solving. Well, how would we approach this problem? How would we, you know, talk about it? What are different people's ideas? You know, Mm -hmm. what would be this? How would we use our math modeling to you know optimize the situation and, mm-hmm. and talk about it do you think by structuring your class that way it's helped your students you know do better in exams have you ever tested that out like instead of making them do it alone yeah. no i haven't ever tested mm-hmm. that out that's pretty interesting maybe yeah yeah could could be something to yeah. try yeah <laughs> <laughs> so like what do you think um about taking like well, you know like from what you were talking about like how can you yourself try to help younger women because I feel like my target audience besides just being a younger woman is it's also men actually but mm-hmm. I just want people that are listening to this podcast to understand ways in which they could combat these social stigmas you right. know so well one thing is to have confidence in yourself mm-hmm. but there's lots of resources too there's different mentoring I know like advance you mentioned advance on yeah, UW advance. UW advance and they have they offer different kinds of programs to to help um, women in science and engineering, mm-hmm. but but men too. Men are welcome to go. They yeah. have different different support groups, different tutoring, different um, different kinds of of resources. So those are good resources. I think part of it is talking to friends too, and mm-hmm. and like if if your teacher tells you something like, oh, you're no good at this, you know, maybe check with somebody else. You know, I feel like I am pretty good at that. Why <laughs> did they say that? You know, yeah, um, that's really interesting. Um, do you think by having these groups, you know, target women, it just, I don't know, like sometimes I feel like men feel they're at a disadvantage because they're men, you know, a lot of people are just, oh, like you're going to get into the STEM field as a woman because they need more women or they need diversity. Like, what do you think about that thought process? Yeah, I, I don't like that thought process. <laughs> I don't like it either, <laughs> I but think, it's there. <laughs> but it's there. It is there. You're right. And I think there, it's just like, you know, we just have to, to keep it as even 
keel as possible and just say, you know, I'm being hired because because I got, you know, I aced all my exams. Mm -hmm. I have a great GPA. I've done this and this internship or work experience. So if somebody's feeling, if a man is feeling like a woman's taking that place, then just go back to what the facts are. Mm-hmm. You know, what's your GPA? Oh, what's my GPA? What's your this? Well, you know, let's let's just look like at compa- see compare like well, that. Just, just take the personalities and the gender out of the the discussion mm-hmm. and just look at what's going on. Look at your resume. Look, yeah, look at your resume. Yeah, that's as yeah. simple and like that's why they don't put gender and on stuff in resume because that's well, like fact, the most unbiased you can be. Well, they even have done some studies where they put like a woman's name mm-hmm. on a resume and a man's name on a resume. And the man, and even though they're identical resumes, wow, yeah, there's some a lot of studies that have done that. The people will go for the resume with the man's name. That's really interesting. So, so I know a lot of people have, um, you know, are um, naming their children like sort of unisex names. Oh that can yeah, go for sure. Way. Like if you do like Samantha, you can go with Sam. Sam. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, God. so maybe on your resume, put Sam instead of Samantha. Oh my God. Yeah. That's kind of strange, but I know. But it is, you know, it it is something that that's out there. There mm-hmm. is a bias that's out there. Do you think it'll ever go away? I hope so. I'm hopeful. <laughs> yeah, optimism I'm, is I'm good. I'm optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's great. Um, so I kind of wanted to switch gears a little bit with this conversation and talk about from from schooling to career. What do you think are the differences of like you know in terms of gender when it comes to being in the STEM field in terms of education and career? career. I think a lot of times women are put in the situation where they have to choose family over career. Yeah, that's a huge and, one. And men usually are not put in that situation, and usually uh, the woman is is put in a situation where they're following mm-hmm. the man's career. And so that's a hard one to, you know, to find a man that is willing to be mm-hmm. equal. And and I think young men now are becoming yeah. more sensitive. Mm-hmm. You know, 50 years ago, it was very much, you know, I the know. 50s model, right? Yeah. You would think that after carrying the child for nine months, the men would be like, okay, I'll take care of him or her for the next nine months yeah. and he can go to work. <laughs> but yeah, there's yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of issue regarding that. But I feel, especially like what we're talking about with Mark Zuckerberg and just like how he's you doing paternity leave I think that's really smart just because it balances it out for both right right and, yeah. and him doing it's a quite a role model too so yeah so then sure. it's like wow if he does it then another young man might be able to feel more confident doing that, that yeah that it's okay to do that <laughs> so yeah. as yeah. we reach the end of the podcast I just wanted to thank you and like I had a really great conversation is there anything last thing that you wanted to say to our audience maybe about being a woman scientist or being a scientist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's great just to, um, you know, pursue your passion. Yeah. You know, and if your passion is math and engineering and science, do, do it. it. <laughs> do it. Yeah. And and yeah. it'll work out. You you know, just it'll work out. So Sounds good. Enjoy. Thanks, guys. See you in two weeks. Ever wondered what junk food is like in other places? My name is Dee Dee Madigan, host of the weekly podcast Home Plates. We're asked that question and many more. Each week, an international student joins me here in the studio to discuss their food culture. Don't miss new episodes every Wednesday right here on the Soundbite Network. For more like this and other great shows covering sports, science, relationships, and the arts, visit the Soundbite's website, uwpodcast.com.
That's uwpodcast.com.